0: You're listening to the EFC Podcast. Robert Graham is the new president of Redeemer University in Hamilton. Redeemer has announced a 42% tuition cut to increase student enrollment and make Christian higher education more accessible. There is a tuition freeze in place until 2022. Dr. Graham spoke to us about his vision for Redeemer's future, his advice for emerging leaders, and the challenges to Christian higher education today in general. I'm Karen Stiller, and we hope you enjoy this conversation. Dr. Graham, you arrived in Canada, and very soon after, or right around the same time, maybe you can um, straighten me out on that, Redeemer announced a very significant tuition cut because of a large donation the school received. Can you tell us more about how that came about and what a great way to
1: start? Sure. Well, it's it's really a wonderful opportunity. And when I arrived, we had talked about, uh, you know, trying to get the lay of the land, trying to understand Redeemer, trying to understand the, the culture here. Uh, we care deeply about uh, affordability and trying to make it affordable and accessible to students. But it's something that, that many institutions, especially uh, uh, private institutions and Christian higher ed has been facing, is how do we make it more affordable? And we are no exception here. Um, but we were, we were planning the budget for next year, trying to think about, okay, how are we going to hold the prices down? When I look at our, our price here and the, the price that, that we have been and what we were projecting for the fall was very um, competitive for compared to the American higher education scene. But for our Canadian students, it was very expensive. And we were finding that a large number of students who, chose, who applied here were interested in coming to Redeemer, but who chose not to come here, uh, a large number of them said that price was a major factor in their decision, and that's really difficult because we don't want to be just a school for uh, students from families of means, but we want to be accessible to students who want what we have to offer, which is a strong Christian liberal arts and sciences education. So we approached it just with, with kind of constraints, trying to see what resources we had available, how do we continue to offer excellence in our educational offerings? The real cost of education continues to increase um, faster than family incomes are increasing. And so it was a real challenge. So, our initial take was to tell everybody okay, be very good stewards, uh, each department try to, to uh, hold the budgets as, as low as possible. And institutionally, we were trying to think about how we could do this. So it wasn't until this spring, actually, we had already announced uh, our fall rates and our fall rates, we were going to have a small increase from this year. And we were in consultation with a group of uh, supporters and we expressed our interest and they also shared our interest in making Christian higher education affordable. And so we put our heads together here internally and tried to figure out a plan on how we can make it sustainably affordable. So it's, it's not enough to simply hold tuition flat for one year because the costs continue to escalate every year. And so what would happen if we held it flat for one year in two years, then students are going to face a double jump, a double increase because the costs have continued to increase. And that would be a, a really difficult thing. So we really were looking for an innovative way to make it affordable. And so we came up with a good strategy. And we think that through having uh, a lower cost, and we did a lot of background work on this to, uh, to try to uh, find out exactly what is the price point at which it makes a difference for students. And we said, okay, if we hold it at that level, through the 2022-23 academic year, how many students do we anticipate? How many more students do we anticipate coming? And we worked the numbers. We did our our enrollment calculations. We did our budget calculations. And we realized that with uh, a larger number of students, which is what we expect with a significant drop in our tuition, with a larger number of students and with good stewardship and good decision-making, that we think we can make it sustainably affordable. So even after 2023, we think that just small increases on the $9,800, which is what we're projecting, a small increase on that uh, is all we're anticipating. So it's, it's really a wonderful thing.
0: Wow, it's very exciting. Uh, Are you already sensing that you're going to get that enrollment bump that you're hoping for?
1: So, it's too early to tell until students show up this fall, uh, we won't know for certain. But uh, indications, we compare where we were the last couple of years with this year, and we have uh, a series of indicators so we can look at how many students have applied, how many students have have, uh, started an application, how many have completed the application. And the initial indicators are very positive but we don't know yet until students actually deposit and we won't know for sure until they matriculate in the fall. However, one thing I will say is anecdotal evidence. So, talking to families, I've talked to a number of parents who have said, we wanted to come to Redeemer, but we really didn't consider it seriously because the price was going to be uh, too high. And uh, so, we were looking elsewhere. But since you announced the reduction, we applied. And uh, so, it's it's really been the anecdotal evidence is strong. Uh, the uh, other evidence is is uh, indicating a positive direction, but we won't know for sure.
0: I know more about uh, what seminaries are facing in sure. North America just because of my own reading and work, uh, but there are big uh, challenges to theological education specifically in North America these days. I think cost is one of the factors. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could address that from the point of view of, of Christian higher education, the university level uh, where you are at. What other challenges are out there right now besides cost, and how are you dealing with those challenges at Redeemer?
1: So, in addition to the cost that, uh, that we've already talked about, I think the biggest challenge that institutions face is related to mission and making sure that we articulate who we are. And so, there, there really are diverse offerings, even in theological education and certainly in Christian higher education. There are different types of schools, different missions, different focus areas. And I think the, the, tra- the challenge for us is to resist the temptation or the pressure to simply uh, become generic and to hold on to our unique missions and to articulate them well, both internally and also to prospective students. And let students decide: uh, Do we offer the type of education that that really will resonate with them and will serve them well? And that's what that's a real challenge, I think, for Christian higher education. And that's something that we've been very serious about here: is trying to stay true to our mission, try to stay true to our, our identity, and to articulate it well, and can even look for better ways to articulate it to, to uh, various students and. Uh, the uh, outside community um, beyond that um, what students are increasingly facing and what they're looking for and, and parents too uh, are uh, more clear pathways to what am I going to do with this education so it's not simply about education and being a broadly educated person but uh, the financial pressures are such and the costs of higher education are such that families are really looking at return on investment and thinking in terms of what kind of job am I going to get, as opposed to a broader education, which we think will also prepare you well for, for a variety of jobs. Um, but we need to be careful and we need to think about how do we make those linkages more clear for families that are looking for these kind of answers. Because I think we do have a lot to offer, but we have to make it very clear for families that this is the, uh, the kind of work that you can do we have to tell the stories of our alumni we have to uh, be able to to really cast a, an authentic uh, vision for how they can do it and how they can thrive and more importantly how our graduates um, can be prepared for what the world is going to demand of them that's what we have to think about and we do that by by in part by uh, internships, by engagement with with businesses and with the community, and trying to find not just what can students learn in the classroom, but how can we link our academic programs with real-world experiences, with things that are happening in the community, so that students, when they graduate, they will not just have the classroom knowledge, but they will have had the opportunity to apply that knowledge in some kind of a setting. And I think that is really going to help them to stand head and shoulders above uh, the competition.
0: So, Dr. Graham, you made a pretty significant move northward uh, to take <laughs> up the presidency of Redeemer. Tell yeah. us more about what attracted you to Redeemer specifically.
1: So, it, it is, has been a big change. Um, I do have roots in Canada, but this is the first time that uh, I or my wife have lived in Canada. Uh, my grandmother was a Canadian and All of her ancestors were Canadian, so going back to the late 1700s, so it was, in a way, it was returning to roots in a way, uh, but uh, it was also a big move. I really have followed, tried to follow God's direction in my life at, at each step of the way. And about seven years ago, I was serving as chief academic officer, as a provost at a Christian university in the States. And I began to feel that God was preparing me and calling me to uh, Christian university presidency. I didn't know where and I didn't know when, but just being open to God's leading and praying about it and seeking Him. So the opportunity, the, the search consultants that were leading the search at Redeemer approached me about, uh, about this opportunity and started describing Redeemer and describing the identity, and kind of the situation that Redeemer finds itself in. And every institution has its challenges, and Redeemer is no exception. But I also saw an institution that had a clear mission, that was true to its mission, and also a lot of opportunity ahead. And those kind of things really resonated with me. And my wife and I talked about it, and we prayed about it, and we really felt that uh, this is where God was calling us, and uh, I, I don 't regret it
0: so you probably haven't lived in Canada long enough yet, but I am I am going to ask that uh, Canadian question of, sure ha- have you noticed any you know significant cultural differences or even differences <laughs> in church life or uh, we like to hear these things
1: so there there's a tremendous amount of overlap uh, or similarity between uh, uh, American life and uh, Canadian life. But there are also some differences. And the, the thing that I tell folks is you can't always anticipate what those differences are, whether you're going from Canada to the States or coming from the States and going to Canada. There are some, some differences, that things that just make sense within our context. Uh, and, and the same is here in Canada, too. So trying to get to familiar with them, and that's, uh, that's what we've been trying to do. So we, we approach it with uh, just kind of a sense that, that I've got a lot to learn. So I have a lot to learn about Redeemer culture, but also Canadian culture. Uh, some of the differences that I've noticed um, when, when I look at uh, kind of how Christianity has been uh, uh, in, in recent years, I've been in the United States and also in Canada, it's different the, the American context is tied to uh, political context as well, where in the United States, you, there are two primary political parties, and it's a, uh, it seems like a widening gulf between the two and uh, not much room up, uh, for folks in between, versus Canada, where you've got three main political parties. And it really, that, that changes uh, part of the dynamics and part of the way that people see themselves in the United States, it's, it's become, particularly for evangelical Christians, um, an expectation almost that, that uh, evangelical Christians will side with one party over another. When in fact, uh, uh, there's no political party that is perfect and there is no political party that's going to line up identically with our religious beliefs. But there is a greater alignment uh, or sense of allegiance to a particular political party. In Canada, where it's not as clear cut, you don't have like a single political party that uh, evangelical Christians will, will line up with. and I may, They may, may feel affinity towards one or the other, but it's still uh, there's, there's less of a strong linkage between political party and uh, religion, at least as far as I can tell in, in my uh, uh, time here since August. So, And what that means is, is it has uh, effects in terms of, of kind of how evangelical Christianity looks here versus the United States. In the United States, also an effect has been that or, or an aspect of, of uh, religion in the States has been that evangelical Christianity has had uh, a strong place and kind of a centrality in a lot of uh, American life. In Canada, that used to be the case, but I think Canada has been moving away from that since the 1960s and becoming uh, more of a secular society. And what that means is that Uh, evangelical Christians in the United States have a different perspective on their place within culture and within society than Canadian uh, evangelicals. It's just different. And so, observing that has been uh, interesting.
0: Well, I I think you've nailed it. I think you did your homework. (laughs) Dr. Graham, you mentioned earlier uh, how you discerned the calling to this next phase in your professional life, and I'm guessing that you, um, as president, uh, if you haven't already, you will be speaking. I'm guessing a lot to students about mm. you know their spiritual lives and so on. And I'm I'm wondering if you could share with us how you have nurtured yourself, how you have fed yourself spiritually over the years as a as a Christian leader.
1: So, one thing has been staying plugged into a local congregation, so I've been affiliated with Christian higher education um, since nineteen ninety seven and each place that I've been, I have found a congregation where we as a family can be part of the congregation. I think that's essential. There's also the the religious life on campus, and being part of that well. It's really wonderful. That can't be your only source of uh, spirituality, spirituality and nurturing of spiritual faith or religious faith. It has to be part of uh, uh, part of a church body, part of a body of believers. Additionally, doing uh, being involved, highly involved in campus ministry. Um, my wife and I have made a regular. Uh, uh, pattern of, of praying with one another and continuing to seek God's will and keeping Christ foremost in our relationship and our family. And also, one of the things that I do, um, I, I enjoy distance running. And so going out running, and I'll use that time to just uh, pray and uh, talk to God about what's uh, what I'm dealing with. And I find all of those things together are are really uh, helped to keep me centered, keep me grounded, and uh, help to nurture my faith.
0: As you um, approach the graduating class, say this year of Redeemer, what, uh, what advice or what sort of benediction are you sending them out with into the into the world?
1: So I think I would say there are three things that, that students need to think about. I remember my my own situation when I was approaching graduation. I wasn't sure. What was next? Uh, My wife and I were engaged to be married and got married the month after we graduated uh, university. Um, And I wasn't sure what was next. The the thing that I would say to students today, or if I could say this this, uh, information back to myself uh, a long time ago, what would I tell myself? And those are the kind of messages that I want to tell students. That is, look for opportunities. There are so many opportunities out there. And if we think, okay, it it has to be, I have to have this kind of job in this location, then you're really, really limiting uh, your options. But if you look for opportunities, there really are great opportunities ahead. Number two would be, don't be afraid. Uh, It's so easy to, to want to have things planned out and know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And life is not like that. Uh, There's so many unknowns, and things can come up at us that we haven't expected. Um, and the third thing is trust God. God finds ways, whether it's situations or people, He finds ways to direct our steps, and He can open ways, open doors that we hadn't anticipated. He can lead us, and I think those are the things that I would say. Look for opportunities, don't be afraid, and trust God.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theFC.ca forward slash faith today.